All right, what's up Freedom Chasers? Today we're diving deep into a topic that many find intimidating, but is essential for anyone serious about growing their online presence, keyword research and tracking. In this crowded digital landscape, understanding how to use keywords effectively can be the make or break factor for your blog or online business. And guess what? We have someone behind the curtain who is a master at this craft. She's combined her skills as a teacher and a coach to create an online school dedicated solely to helping you level up your keyword game. She believes that proper keyword research is not just a tool, but a lifeline for driving traffic and turning your blogging passion into a profitable career. You'll want to grab your notepad for this one because the gems she's about to drop are invaluable. Without further ado, let's give a warm Freedom Chasers welcome to Aleka, the founder of Keywords with Aleka. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. It's so excited to get into keywords with you. So let's just start off with a broad strokes overview. There's a ton of people doing online business. What mm -hmm. are most people getting wrong when they're doing keyword research? Um, keyword research, I mean, if you don't know what it is, it's simply putting key terms. It could be a word or multiple words into a search engine like Google and um, finding those words or terms that are highly searched by users. Because if we want to find, if, or if we can locate or land those keywords that many people are searching, then, and if we're able to land in a top position in say Google, then people are gonna click on our result, right? Whether, wherever it leads, whether to a homepage, a website, um, video, it's going to bring traffic and views and eyes on that source, which is what we want, right? So it's, and it's free if you're doing it organically. Um, so that, and people, keyword research can be super simple. And a lot of people think they're doing it right. You know, let me just use a tool and look at the volume and a difficulty level, which uh, basically, if you don't know what that is, volume is how many people visit or search that keyword every month. So it could be a keyword, could have like 100 people visiting a month or 50,000, right, for a high competitive. Um, and a competitive score will tell you uh, how hard it will be to rank on the first page of Google for that keyword. So the idea is to find a keyword that is not too competitive and has a lot of views or searches, so higher volume, right? Which is very hard to find. Everyone's finding, looking for those. So um, being able to find those is tricky and using the wrong tools, I think is the first mistake. Um, there's a lot of free tools out there that some are good, better than others, but if you're not using the right tools or spending money for more information, that's probably the first mistake because everyone's doing that, right? So everyone's <laughs> find a low, a high volume, low competitor, and they're, they're all going for it. But you need more than just the volume and the difficulty score to find those keywords. So that I think would be paying and investing in some type of tool that gives you more data than just those two metrics. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so what would be the right tool? Because you know, the free tools would be um, this is outside my realm, but there's a Google keyword tool. I've used that quite a bit. Um, probably not the best tool. Like what are the good tools to use that'll help you in, in finding these long tail keywords? Yeah. So Google keyword planner is a popular one. Um, and someone that I don't use much because it is more to locate those keywords based on ads that are being taken out. 
Um, so people look at this cost per click scores, uh, but, and that's great if you want to promote an ad and find keywords that are not as targeted, but um, personally, I just will target organic keywords. So keywords that you can land for free and, you know, Google ads doesn't, or Google, um, um, what was it? Keyword planner. Keyword I think. planner. <laughs> mine, my, I have a, I had a um, mine fart. Um, that tool is not what I would recommend. Instead, there's extensions like Keywords Everywhere, which a lot of us use. Um, and they also have an upgraded paid uh, version that you can definitely go that route if you want more metrics. Um, keyword, key Search is the one I use personally. That They also have an extension, but the tool itself is in a separate window and it has you, it's only like $20 a month. I, I forget the basic plan, um, 20 to $30 a month, super inexpensive considering what you're getting out of it. And so super simple, you plug in like, you know, whatever you want to search, um, whether it's say homes that have a pool in a certain area and you're going to get all these different variations of people, what their pe people are searching in that platform. And you're going to be able to narrow down what is maybe best for your type of audience and kind of see, think, okay, well, is this a good keyword to go after? Are there enough people actually searching this keyword or looking for these type of houses or properties, whatever it is? Um, and then take a look in Google and see if there's actually re the results that you want in Google. I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. They'll target a keyword and they won't look at the results and they'll say, oh yeah, this keyword's great. But then they see that there's four sponsored ads above the organic results. So you're not going to be seen, right? Most people click on the ads. I mean, I do uh, usually, um, unless it's something that I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, I want, I want a person's response. I want a person, an actual post written by a human being, <laughs> not like a robot. Um, so I think looking at the results is going to also tell you what people want because Google is only serving what users want on the first page of Google, right? So see what people want, see what Google's looking for, and maybe that will be a keyword you end up going for and bring you traffic to your social media, website, whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, I love that you brought up two tools that were super cost effective right away. Because I was thinking you're probably going to go the SEM rush route or something like that. And I look at that. It looks cool. But I'm like, I am not a professional. I don't need to pay this much money. Um yes, SEM rush <laughs> and Ahrefs are like the same level, same price, same everything. They've been around for a long time. And they are the second tool I use. Not the sec. I actually use Ahrefs more than KeySearch. But it is super expensive, but you get so much more out of it. I think it's $100 a month starting starter plan. Um, but you, I mean, for tracking and analyzing keywords. So once you start ranking in Google and you're getting traffic, then you can see, okay, well, what what are these keywords that are bringing traffic? And uh, what are the keywords that may be sitting on, you know, the second page or the technically it's the 11 through 20 spots now where are they sitting? And if they're sitting kind of low, but you want to give them an extra boost to get in that top spot, you, you would never have been able to tell using just key search. Well, key search does give you a little bit of information, but not nearly a, as much as SEMrush or Ahrefs. And that's my favorite part of keywords, just analyzing and looking and saying, oh, this keyword, I didn't even think about targeting. 
I'm already ranking for it. Maybe I optimize it better for this keyword or I create a whole new post targeting just that keyword and it, the user intent would be 100% spot on. So the conversion rate would be much better too. Absolutely. So this is just bringing up some selfish questions for me, but I have to ask now because you mentioned the Google keyword tool is more for like paid advertising. Um, and these tools are more for organic. Um, I know Google and YouTube, I mean, it's the same company, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. When you're doing keyword research for YouTube, would you be able to use the same tool, key search? Does it kind of talk to each other? Because I know if you put the right keywords on YouTube, it ranks. I have a ton of YouTube videos ranking on page one of Google. I don't even nice. know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, Key Search does have a YouTube research feature. Um, I've used it before. It is pretty, pretty good. I think um, it's not as thorough as as I would say it could be, but it gives you everything you need, including volume and difficulty score, just like you would if you wanted to rank in Google. Um, but something that's super simple that you could also do is just type in YouTube and then um, download the, once you're in YouTube, if you download the um, keywords everywhere extension and you pay for like, uh, it's, it's like a thousand credits, super inexpensive, I want to say less than $20 and you get like multiple thousand credits and you will be able to see the volume next to the keyword in the search bar. So if you're in YouTube and you're typing in like, homes for sale in Maine just popped up. It will tell you, so it's telling me 22,000 people a month are searching for this long tail keyword. Um, and that, that, that could be a way for you to just locate volume without having to go into a separate tool because it populates in YouTube itself, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. Thank you for that. But yeah. I'm kind of more curious about, I want my YouTube videos to rank on Google. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. if they're ranking high in YouTube, they most okay. likely will rank in Google. And if people are searching that in YouTube, they're most likely searching that in Google. Okay. So. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're they're, they much, talk to each other for sure. I get it. So let me see home for sales in Maine and key search. I want to see what the, so the volume is still 22. So it's very, it's very similar. Um, so I, okay. I, you can use both of those quote unquote search engines because everyone calls YouTube a type of search engine as well. Yeah, well, yeah. absolutely. It becomes a way where you can have a multifaceted approach, right? You can yeah. make a video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You can take the transcriptions. You could throw in ChatGPT and then put some human touch on it. Don't it's a, it's a robot. <laughs> um, put put some effort. At least let it do eighty percent of the work for you. <laughs> throw twenty percent of effort in there, and, and you have an SEO post and a video, and you might rank both of them, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, and 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 because Google serves different snippet positions. Um, videos being another separate result, I think that's also important. And if you see videos as the top result for that keyword, you better be putting a video in your in your post or whatever it is as well. So if you're just doing YouTube videos, um, look for results that just deliver YouTube videos in Google. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're in Google, if you're um, if you're searching the keyword and you see a bunch of blog posts or really high authority websites, and there's no videos and don't do a YouTube video if it, you know, that it's probably doesn't make as much sense because people may be wanting to read more about whatever it is they're searching rather than watch a video of a home. That makes a lot of sense. And it's actually kind of counterintuitive, at least to the, my thought process. Like, oh, nobody's done a video yet. I should do one because in my rank, but you're, yeah. what you're saying is Google wants 
Google <laughs> showing you what it's going to show you, essentially. Google showing you what you users are happy with, right? And if they're happy right. with con written content as opposed to video content, then it's usually the route to take. I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to be the first one and it's going to like my video. And But I mean, think about how many results are out there. I'm sure there's some videos in that mix and they're not in the tops. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you there. So let's talk about um, long tail keywords a little bit. So like what I've been told, and I, I found this works fairly well for the layman like myself, is if I write down questions that I hear a lot, those are pretty awesome long tail keywords to target because most people aren't, right? What are some other tips for looking for long tail keywords? Questions are a great start. You know, in Google, they'll have the people also ask section, um, which is mostly questions, right? If you search that, you'll be able to create um so if you start there and you look at the answers to the questions that are being asked in Google, um, I would say you can kind of use that as a strategy for whether you want to create a better answer to that question if it's not being answered the best it could be, if that makes sense. So I know you asked what else, let's focus just on questions first, because if people, if the people also ask section is not delivering the best response, that's a great sig signal or, you know, clue to you. Like, this is a great keyword question to jump on because this response sucks. <laughs> I'm going to do a better job and I'm going to try to optimize to land in that spot because how many, how many of us click on that down arrow and want to read the question, right? Quickly. Um, so that is a great, that's probably the best way to approach questions. Um, other long tail keywords. I've found the best long tail keywords using the the paid tools, especially, you know, Key Search and SEMrush and Ahrefs by analyzing my competitors. So I'll, you know, think about who's in my niche, who's maybe location wise my competitor, and I'll copy whatever video or um, URL is bringing the traffic and I'll post it in these tools and you can spy on whatever keywords are bringing them traffic. And I will really focus on the ones that are, you know, four plus words because they're going to be the longer, more specific keywords that not many people are going to be targeting. Most people target more generic, broad, um, shorter tail. So I think that is the best approach and the easiest way to find those long tail keywords. Otherwise it may be like just throwing something, you know, spaghetti in there. You don't really know what will stick. So using competitor keywords is my favorite, favorite way. And I get so many keyword ideas that way. Absolutely. Cause it'll fuel everything. Cause you could just look at what they're doing. You know, it works. Well, the beauty of this is, is you could search what you're targeting figure out who's there already look at what they're doing and be like okay is this worth doing <laughs> the rip off and duplicate model it's my favorite yeah. model in I life know. in general <laughs> i know like realtor.com has seven million keywords they're ranking for so if you want to spend a few hours or a few days or a few weeks you can spend as much time as you want just analyzing all of the keywords and and you can sort it by difficulty so I can do like, all right, let me sort the difficulty from least difficult or least competitive to the most. And then I'll maybe add a filter for the volumes because I want at least a couple hundred people searching that. And then I'll, it'll narrow down super fast the results. So it pays for itself. And you're going to come across keywords where you're like, wow, I didn't even think about 
going after this keyword. Let me let me add it to my list. So you mentioned target volume. So I'm going to have to ask what you, you said a couple hundred. Is it a couple hundred to go? What would be a good volume to go for? I it depends on the intent. So if it's if it's very specific intent, that's going to lead to more like a tra transactional result, right? Somebody actually buying something or signing up for something, then the lower the volume is fine, especially if people are asking, I want to buy this or I want to do this, that those lower volume, it's you're going to have better turnover rate. If it's more like a general, here's an informational post and people are just reading um, and they don't really want to take a specific action right away, I would say, I don't know, three, four, five hundred minimum, depending where you are with your um, business. You know, if you're just starting out, lower lower is going to be better for you because you know not as many people are targeting lower lower volume keywords because you know they're not they're it's lower volume. Everybody wants to go after the high volume, so everyone's ignoring those. And they're going after the bigger ones. But if you don't, if you go after, you know, the ones that are like 20 searches here, 50 searches here, 30, 80, and then you add them all up in the long run, you're going to be getting more traffic than you really thought. Because um, there's different variations, right? You can search um, something different ways. Homes for, for sale here. Um, I'm going to use Sarasota because that's where I am. Sarasota homes for sale. Saras large Sarasota homes for sale. Sarasota homes with pools for sale. Like there's different variations that people may not be going for. If you can find like a little, add up the smaller ones, those are the best ones to go after. Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality situation and desired outcome into account think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results you are not alone when i got started i was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until i discovered the path that made sense for me and the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one -on -one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go, and most importantly, how you want to get there. Where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Absolutely. Um, so, so let's talk about um, how to strategize, mm -hmm. in particular in a major market, right? So I'm in Chicago, right? 9.5 million people. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be challenging to rank for a lot of this stuff for Chicago proper. But there's a ton of 
like suburbs. So like, how, what would that strategy look like? Would you start in the suburbs, move to the city? Would you do a combination and expect Chicago to be the long play? Or just give me some idea there. If you're tar- who's, who's your target audience? So let's say I am a real estate agent looking for buyers or sellers. Okay. I cover the whole market because that's what real estate agents do. We, we have too much of a coverage area. So 50 miles from the city, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. That whole 9.5 million people population, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say start with keyword researching a general term like Chicago real estate or homes for sale in Chicago. Very broad. That's going to result in millions of different SERP results. And then put that into a keyword research tool and narrow it down by keyword length and volume or difficulty there. And that's going to, I mean, that's that's going to quickly get rid of all of the super competitive, super broad keywords. And you're going to be able to find those longer tail that way. Does that, does that answer your question? It sure does. Um, <laughs> you made it sound a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um, if I wanted to cover the whole Chicago metro area, which is not just the city, I know like the, the domain name is important, right? So maybe Chicago land is a pretty common term out here for metro. Would okay. that be a good target or, or would you recommend, um, let's say there's two larger suburbs, Elgin and Aurora, they each have like 200,000 people. Would you make a separate website for Elgin, Aurora? Or... Uh, good question. Uh, how far apart are they? Probably probably not. They're, they're like 30 minutes away from each other. Yeah, probably not because if somebody's looking to live, I mean, I know in a city, it's it's a little maybe more, some people are more particular about the area of the city they live in, but uh, I wouldn't do a separate website. I would you know, if I'm a Chicago real estate agent and I'm trying to promote certain, you know, um, even if your area, your, your, even if you have most listings in a specific area, I would still just because you want to gain an th- idea. If you have a website, you gain authority in Google's eyes for being a Chicago real estate agent, right? Or broker, or whatever it is. Um, yes, you can do like a micro niche and really target pinpoint a certain area, but then you kind of pigeonhole yourself to that specific area, you know, okay. and start now sharing, posting, you know, listings that are in outside of that micro niche. Then it's like, Google's like, Whoa, okay, well, what are you doing now? Right. So <laughs> yeah. Keeping, you know, figure out what you want to do in the beginning and determining how much keyword reach you have. And if you're too limited, then there's, it's better to go smaller than to go bigger yeah. after, I think. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. So yeah, basically, you start broad and you, and you niche down as, as you want, but you still have the broad audience and you're not yeah. really pigeonholing yourself too much. Um, very yeah. cool. So now that we know how to do it um, or what to look for, would probably be a word. Like, let's talk about like quality of content because you mentioned this a couple of times. Like Google mm-hmm. wants to show good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, the stuff that worked 10 years ago doesn't work anymore with the easing articles and stuff like that. What mm-hmm. is considered quality content? And how do you know if you're if you're achieving that, really? Are we talking about a video or uh, like a blog post? Or- Let's do blog first and then we could do video if you want to. But if- um, 
I would say, I mean, that's what's quality content, content that's super user-friendly, thorough, well-formatted, um, and covering every question that somebody may have so that they don't go back and look for another result. You know, you want people, if they land on your post, you want them to go deeper in your website, um, not have to go back and say, oh, that didn't answer my question or that was misleading or confusing. Um, you want to make sure when they're there, they stay there um, and ask yourself what other questions could this user have in this post and what could they be asking for next, right? So if they read the entire post, they we don't want them to scroll back up and hit the back button. We want them to now say, oh, I'm going to click here because I, I mean, the best websites, it's always like I have five windows open because I wasn't done reading, but I also wanted to read these three other uh uh, posts that they link to within their post because they were very valuable, right? So um, making sure that you're linking inside the post is super helpful and relevant um, so that it, you know, if they're like, oh, if you, you know, are you wondering about the demographic in this area? Oh, read more about this post. And then you bring them to a separate post and you just keep getting them deeper and deeper into your website. That's only going to make them trust you more and help Google understand your content better. Absolutely. That's, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny because that's something that people talk about a lot and I've heard it, but the way you said it just made it like make sense to me a whole lot better because I sat on Wikipedia and I was like, I had one freaking thing I needed to look up and 20 minutes later, I have 30 tabs open. I'm like, why am I reading about medieval <laughs> European history right now? Um, <laughs> it happens too much. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it also shows why Wikipedia has a lot of authority because I know I'm not the only one. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so very cool. Um, I'd love to transition a little bit because you help other people teach other people too. Um, yeah. So, um, how would you start that? Let's not let's let's keep it broad though, and maybe we'll niche it down later. Like if somebody was like, "Hey, I have this skill. I'm good at this thing. I want to help other people become good at this thing." What is step yeah. one? Oh my goodness, that's like my favorite thing to do because most of us, not all of us doing that are remote. You can do it from anywhere, um, which is amazing. Um, step one is to figure out what you're best at. And once you figure out what you're best at, and uh, you have to ask yourself, is this something I, I truly am passionate about? I know that sounds cheesy, but yes, you can be making money off of it. But if you're not truly passionate about what you're doing, you're going to give up and you're going to get burnt out, right? You're not going to be motivated. Um, and you're, whoever signs up for whatever you're doing, we'll see that. So find something you love, figure out what you're, you know, that you're good at, figure out if you're truly passionate about it and then, um, decide on who your ideal audience is going to be. Is it somebody, you know, is this way, if you know your, your avatar, we've used that before your audience, whoever you're reaching, trying to reach, if you know who they are, you're going to be able to give them what they want. Um, without having to guess and they're going to appreciate that. So figuring out who that is and then deciding what questions they have and if there's a true need for what you're, you want to offer, because if there's nobody looking for what you want to offer, for example, if somebody wants to learn how to start, you know, a real estate agency or be a real estate agent and do it part-time maybe, or whatever it is, is, is there enough people wanting to do that? Um, and if there is, and you've checked all those boxes are, then decide what you're most comfortable with. Um, are you comfortable showing your face? Because if, I mean, you should be if you're in that industry anyway. 
hope so. <laughs> can't just be, you know, not, you know, a ghost walk tour. So showing your face is obviously something important. And you have to be comfortable with social media because these days if you're remote and you're starting your own thing, social media is the the number one thing and way to do that. And if you're not doing that already, shame on you. Um, and there's so many different platforms that you can take advantage of from Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, it's it, X, right? Is it X now? <laughs> Everything you it can is. take. I, I, I think everybody still calls it Twitter, but that's what it goes by in theory. Um. <laughs> um, I think I think once you figure that out, the platform, then you just have to create a content plan um, and decide what am I going to do with all the people that are coming to my platform. Because so what they watch a video, right? They're like, oh, thank you for that valuable information. How are you going to give them more? Because most of the time they're going to ask for more. So have something that converts. So a lot of the times people will put something, a link in their bio or some way where you can sign them up for your mailing list, which is like the number one thing we want from potential buyers or potential clients. Get them on a mailing list so that you can keep giving them awesome tips and selling to them. And it, you don't even need to sell something at first, like a service, just get them on your list and keep providing them tips and you're going to create like that super, um, super trusted person that is always going to lean to you. Right. And then after all that is done, decide what your service is going to be or what you want to do, how you want to teach or coach that person. Right. Is it through, um, certain coaching courses, which I have on, um, a coaching platform and you don't need to be super, you know, tech techie. There's so many, resources out there to help you learn how to create your own course or whatever, Google how to do it if you don't know. And you're going to learn along the way. And if it's a course, you put it on there, you promote it on your social media. And um, I can't tell you how many people sign up for courses. I even, I've even came ac come across, you know, people that I don't follow. And if they are, are catchy and they're providing, you know, you know, providing something that will help, help me, um, I'm like, let me sign up for this. So that would be the best route. And then from coaching, I mean, you can offer one-on-one -on -one consults, um, which is also something that some people may want to, um, pay for. It could be like a 30 minute consultation on, you know, just answering questions they may have, um, or certain, uh, I mean, there's so many different directions you can go and you can even sell like a PDF of tips or get a starting guide to starting your own agency, whatever it is. Uh, and that's like just a one, you put the effort in one time, you create this guide or ebook, whatever it is, and you just sell it, sell it online and people can download it and do what they want with it. That's more like passive income, which is obvious. Well, so are courses. You just put the work up front and then just maintain it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, note on the course, you said some super important things there. You said have somebody you want to sell to, be specific with that. Mm -hmm. Most people in the real estate industry are not doing that at the level they should be. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, when you're creating a course or something, make sure there's a product market fit. If nobody wants it, you're going to waste a whole lot of time making it. So um, test it out first. Um, <laughs> yes. And you can like have a, a, a lot of people will do like a, a waiting list to see if there's mm -hmm. even interest. And if you have enough people on the waiting list, then that's that last. And you don't have to have something right away, but you can create the waiting list first and then create the product. You know what I'm saying? So 
Absolutely. Or or you could do what I try to do now is to sell it. And then if somebody buys it, I'll make it. Um, <laughs> it's like, I can make this thing. Um, <laughs> if you guys want it, I will. Um, <laughs> um, very cool. So you mentioned, like, I don't know if there's anybody searching for this. I'm a little bit back. I think it was towards, like, newer agents. And I would tell you, not only are there a lot of people searching it, but there's probably too many people. Yeah. Um, so I think this would be a great thing for somebody trying to build a team. It looks like if how to get licensed in Illinois would probably be a great keyword to target. Um, oh, yeah. What would that content plan look like if you're if the, this agent is tar they're targeting, like, newer agents, right? So... I would content plan. What do you mean in your course or how to reach those people? How to reach those people. Yeah. So if you're in Illinois and you're, and you know, you want to help people get their real estate license first social media account, and then create a couple reels that are promoting um, your service. So say, Hey, do you want to be, you want to find a way to make money on the side part-time super easy. Let me show you how to go about blah, 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 blah. make a few of them. Um, and put them on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and promote them using an ad. It's super like Instagram makes it so simple. You can literally, they'll say, Who, who's your target audience? And you can put your, um, you can put um, Illinois as your target audience, even parts of Illinois, but, or you can just do the whole state. That's fine. And it will, that will be boosted and pushed to those in Illinois. And you can also put certain interests, whether it's homes or whatever it is that Instagram world will do all the work finding the right demographic. So that I think is the best way I do that for some of my courses. If I'm trying to promote, um, I'll just send it out to those that are food in the food industry or um, really mine's universal. So I don't need to target a specific area, but that would be the number one way to do it personally, I think. Cool. I um, just want to briefly go over this. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds. But when you're talking about an ad, is that like an engagement ad or is it a different type of ad? I believe it gives you the option for um, engagement or click to profile or whatever you want the user to do. It'll ask you, um, depending on what you want the user to do, it'll ask you based on users' previous tendencies, right? Um, and their previous, um, what's the word? how they interact, right? If most, if people are clicking a lot in the bio and they don't care about leaving Instagram and they're, you know, going to do that, then that'll be the people that it'll be pushed out to. And you can just direct them to a different website or um, a different app that allows you to show all your services. You know, I think I follow, I do follow a real estate agent that um, is in my area on TikTok. And I will, I already bought, I just bought a home four months ago and I'm still, looking at her posts and I'm like, I don't need a home, but I love looking to see what's out there. Um, and she does such a great job of promoting herself and she'll have, she has like a whole link, um, that she has in her bio that says sign up for my newsletter, um, contact me, uh, follow on TikTok, uh, buyer's guide, seller's guide. So she has all of this stuff that you can click on. Um, and the newsletter thing I think is the most important thing, but, um, I kind of for forgot what the question was. I kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. You answered it. Okay. Um, honestly, I think I forgot too, but it was a great answer. I promise. Um, <laughs> so one more. Um, you have a food blog. I would love to know a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So the food blog I started when I was teaching um, and I also wanted uh, another way to make more money. Right. <laughs> so I started it knowing that there is a huge industry out there that makes all kinds of different levels of income from food blogging. And I looked into it and I taught myself how to do this, that, and, you know, start a website and upload recipes and do photography and um, all of that, you know, SEO stuff. And um, event five years after I turned it into my full-time career and it led me to the keyword research, which is also another side thing to it that is parallel with that because I promote it to other food bloggers and other non-food bloggers and found out that keyword research is really something that almost everybody uses um, these days. And it's super important. So I'm glad I got into that. Um, and you don't need to be super savvy to, to know what, I mean, there's so much information out there for it, but yeah, that's, I, but my true passion is the food, creating food and recipes and stuff. I do the keyword research because it helps the food blog grow. <laughs> I know it's cool. Cause I'm kind of, one of these days I'd like to do that. Um, <laughs> I love food. I love cooking. Probably like, not even uh, not anywhere close to your level. Um, it's more of a hobby, right? But one of these days, I would love to just write my because I like to create my own recipes. Like I'll take four recipes and I'm like, what do I like from this one? And what do I like from that one? It's like once you kind of understand like how mm -hmm. acids and salts and stuff talk to each other, like I don't need oh, to follow a recipe. I, I just make it work, right? Yeah, <laughs> acid, salt, heat, yeah. <laughs> fat. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you can do that too. Mm -hmm. One of these days. Um, <laughs> so cool. Like you said, it took five years. Did it take five years to get that really rolling or, or just give me some context there? So five years with two kids and a full-time job. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, food blogging is much more uh, in-depth than a normal blog where you're just writing articles. Food blogging requires recipe testing, development, photography. It's much more, it takes longer to get one post up. Um, so I would just work two days a week for most of that time on the weekends or at nights and took, took yeah. me some time. Some people it takes, you know, a year, two years minimum, but you got to be invested and it's, it's, it's a long, long process. <laughs> of course. And, and since I've heard this, I'm sure it's a thing in the food blogging community. It's just one of those things where like you have to put like a long story before. <laughs> like, there's oh always a story. God. There's I always know. a story before the recipe. And it's like, I just need to yeah. see how to cook it. There's a jump to <laughs> button. There's a jump to button. Just jump to the recipe. I, hate, I think it's like 80% of people click on that and we lose that on ad revenue. But it is what it is. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, well, you got to do what works, right? Um, well, very, yeah, very, very cool. Um, very, very cool. So if anybody listening wanted to get in touch with you, um, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, so I have Instagram on keywords with Aleka. Um, you can also email me at Aleka at keywords with Aleka with a K dot com. Um, and or my blog is Aleka's Get Together. Check me out on any of those platforms or send me an email if you have a question about keywords or optimization or any of that. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, Aleka, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. <laughs> thank you for having me. Hopefully I was able to help out. <laughs> Oh, I think you were great. You were awesome. Um, thank you. So to those of you out there chasing freedom, she gave you a plan. She made it sound fairly easy, too. It's just like, oh, you just have to do this and sort it this way. Um, so go out there. I mean, it might take a year of you writing content for what you're looking for, but nobody else is going to do all that work. Um, so that's why you have the advantage. Just 
do it and you're going to be in the top 5% simply by taking a little bit of action. So there you go. You have homework. You have a year now. Go, go do at least one a week. Um, <laughs> tell somebody that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 